Today, it is possible for you and I to practice real faith and to grow deeper roots in experiencing God, experiencing the beauty of relationship with him and really flourishing in all the ways that he desires for us to flourish in all the ways that you and I desire to flourish. So we can take a step today to move us towards a greater depth of flourishing in our relationships with God and in our lives in general. So today, what I want to talk about um, is the idea of being ready, being ready, being alert, um, really for what's happening in this world and what is ahead of us in the return of Christ. And I know that can seem like way out there, like, oh, the return of Christ has been so long. Like, I I don't even know if he's coming back anytime soon. I know the temptation to feel that way, and I know all too well um, the apathy that can be, um, that we can have when we just don't have a real picture of, like, Christ returning, right? So yesterday, my husband and I took my children down to spend some time with their grandparents for a few days, and we were driving, and it was late, and I was just looking at the the cars that were passing by, and there was an 18-wheeler who was kind of weaving, like he was going back and forth. I don't like driving near 18-wheelers. That really makes me nervous. Anytime I'm driving, if I'm going past 18-wheeler, I'm going to gun it, like you just know, if you see me going 90 on the highway, it's probably because I am blazing past an 18-wheeler truck. Or I'm going to at least get over lanes. I just don't like it. But that's neither here nor there. So I'm looking at this 18-wheeler, and I just imagine, what if this truck just, like, tipped over and slid down the interstate? And I was just thinking, like, that, that would be really crazy. I was imagining the way that I would feel. And that led me to just thinking and imagining um, just the feeling that I have gotten in the past and that I would expect to get when I watch like big things fall. So if you imagine like in the movie Jurassic Park, when the T-Rex falls and it's like, oh my goodness, this big thing is going down and you see the ground shake and it's like, oh my goodness, this thing just fell. Or if you imagine like an elephant falling and hitting the ground and falling to his death. Or in The Lion King, right? You see um, the dad, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but Simba's dad, he falls off the cliff and like, do you remember the feeling you got as a child? watching Simba's dad hit the ground and it's like this is the king the king has fallen and he is no longer alive like do you remember the feeling that you got when you watched that scene or I think about powerful people who fall like you know the president was assassinated or Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated and it's like wow this powerful person has fallen, or even the Twin Towers. Like, you know, I remember 
being in history class in the ninth grade and watching the planes crash into the Twin Towers. And I just remember the feeling of confusion, of shock, of my smallness, of fear, really fear. Um, it's disorienting almost. It's very disruptive to watch something or someone big and powerful fall, right? So I was thinking about that and it's almost as if when I reflect on, you know, times like the Twin Towers and 9-11, when I reflect back on that, I can still feel the feeling that I felt, you know, when this was happening. Or, you know, you see institutions crumble um, or nations fall apart. Like that produces a disruption and a feeling of um, shock and confusion that I think is unique to that type of experience. So when I consider that, I feel like God dropped in my heart the idea that that's what's going to happen to this world and this world system, right? This probably came up because on Sunday, my pastor preached from Mark 13. And on Wednesday, I meet with my small group and we spend some time kind of going back through the scripture that the pastor preached about and discussing it. And we were talking about the idea of being alert and being ready for the return of Jesus. And so at the end of Matthew chapter 13, um, verse 13, I'm sorry, verse 32, this passage verses 32 through 37 is just Jesus's words. And He's telling us that we need to be ready, like stay ready so you don't have to get ready, right? So this is what it says. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version. It says, now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you do not know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And when I say to you, and what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. And so this idea that was floating through my mind of like this 18-wheeler falling and thinking about all these powerful people and um, institutions falling, it drew me to think about the fact that the kingdom of this world will fall. And, you know, Jesus has already told us that. So these are Jesus's words that we see at the end of Matthew 13. So he's already told us that. But how often do you sit and think about the fact that this kingdom, the kingdom of this world, will fall? And I think that that, because we don't live in a, in a place where there is a kingdom, um, I think that can be, it can feel a bit disorienting or confusing. 
because we don't really use that language in our day to day. But the way I view it is the kingdom of this world is basically what are the values of this world where we live in the United States of America? What are the values? What are the motivations? What are people after? So one, we know we live in the most capitalistic society. So money is a huge driver. It's a huge value of this world. That's kind of what everybody's after. We do all the things. We miss out on on things in pursuit of money because we want to be able to buy the things that money provide us. Um, I think pride, power, fame, lust, vain beauty, YOLO, do what you want to do. Like, I think that these are some of the defining values of life in the kingdom of this world. One-upping people, comparison, envy, strife, uh, war, like all these things define, you know, the experience that we have in this kingdom and even brokenness, brokenness that exists within our own heart. Like if we all take a, I think it's easy to see the the stuff going on out there, the brokenness out there, the sin out there. But even taking a closer look, looking closer, we see sin in our own hearts. We see brokenness in our own lives. We see that even when we desire to do the right thing, oftentimes we do exactly the opposite of what we want to do. So the brokenness is prevalent. And that is a reflection of sin and its effect on the world, right? And so when we consider the fact that that is what defines the kingdom of this world, God said that's going to fall. The kingdom of this world is going to fall. The values of, of this world will pass away. So for some reason, that thought just blew my mind because as much as I think about um the return of Jesus and the fact that that is something that is coming, that's in store for us. I don't often enough think about the fact that all this, all of the values of this world and this life, they will perish, they will pass away. And the reason I think that it's important to consider that is because when I think about that, it reminds me that I don't want to put my hope in something that doesn't have eternal value. I don't want to put my hope in something that's going to pass away. So, for instance, if I'm spending all of my time focused on beauty, just like beautifying the outside, like making sure I look so good, my face is beat, my hair is slayed, you know, nothing wrong with those things because I like to get dolled up for sure. But if I spend all my time focused on that or the pursuit of money, like to have more money and I'm neglecting the things that God has called me to, or I'm just considering what makes me happy. I'm not really considering the needs of others, the interests of others. I'm not thinking about what's important to God and how he wants me to spend my life and spend my time, but rather I'm focused on pursuing riches or beauty, or fame even, Um, those things will not last. 
And I'm thinking of the verse. I don't have it in front of me, but just talks about our works at the end, how God will look at our works and anything that is not done out of our love for him, that's not done in accordance to his will, it will be burned up. So I think it just encouraged me to use my life and invest in what has eternal value what will not be burned up when it is tested against the fire. Um, And I think that's a huge part of what it means to be alert. We can't be alert if we're not thinking about it. And so the same way that imagining these big things falling makes me feel disoriented and it feels disruptive, God is going to disrupt this entire world. He's like, you know what? Have your moment. I'm going to let you have your moment. But this is coming to an end. And my pastor used this term, um, controlled descent. Like if you're on a plane, the pilot comes on and he might say, there's going to be some turbulence. Uh, We are descending. And, you know, you might experience some bumps along the way, but he is landing the plane. The same thing is happening in this world. God is landing the plane of his kingdom on earth and everything here that exists that is against him, that is not lined up with his will, um, it's, it's, it's going to perish. And so that really encouraged me to just consider how I spend my life even, you know, today, I told you what, we took our kids to my parents' house and my husband went into the office today. So I had the whole house to myself. I had the day to myself. And I said, hmm, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I felt like God was like, come to me. Come on. Come on over here. And I said, okay, all right, well, let me start my day in the Word. Let me spend some time in prayer. And it was really sweet. Like I spent a good bit of time um, just talking to God and reading his word and praying. And it was like a really good, like relational building time for us. And I was reminded in that time, like, I don't want to just do the things that, you know, I want to do. I really want to do what God wants me to do with my time. So, you know, I just said, all right, God. I have this time. These are the things that I'm thinking about. How do you want me to spend this day or these next few days when I have time to myself? Like, I want to reorganize my closet. I want to um, have a little bit of work that I need to do for my part-time job. I want to um, organize my kids' schoolroom, all these things that I want to do. And they are good things. Nothing wrong with that. But I think God was impressing on my heart that he wanted me to come to him and allow for him to give me my priorities for how I spend my time. And I think that that's in line with this idea of being ready. If we are not keeping company with God, then it is nearly impossible for us to be ready Um, when he returns and we know he is coming and we can look at the world around us and tell that the time is short. So I'm encouraged 
um, based off of this this scripture and the things that God was showing to me to invite him in more and more. And none of us do this perfectly. Like we have so much room. I know I, I'll just speak for myself. I have so much room to grow in keeping company with the Lord and and allowing him to give me vision for my days. Like not just overall do these things, but really allow between God and I asking him to have generative conversation with me. So not robotic. God is a real person who wants to be experienced, right? So our relationship with him should be alive and it should be a dialogue and it should be a constant, you're speaking to me and the primary way he speaks to us is through um, his Bible and I speak to you. So you speak to me and I speak to you and I surrender and I trust and I grow my faith. And I think following that process over time, God is building up our, our, our faith and our trust in him. And also in some mysterious way, he uses that trust and that faith to give us the satisfaction that we really are looking for in all those other places. So the people who are pursuing money and fame and lust and pride, all those things, they're looking for satisfaction. They are looking for satisfaction. And God has already offered it to us. He wants to give it to us. But we have to lay down our pursuit and how we think we should get that satisfaction and trust that what he is offering will actually give us satisfaction. Because the satisfaction that Jesus offers us is is counterintuitive. It's the way that he tells us to get to the satisfaction. It is completely counterintuitive to the world's uh, way to get satisfaction. And there's so many um, things to overturn and overcome in your mind um, as you are pursuing God's way. Like, well, what are people going to think of me? Or people are going to think this about me. And it's like, no, sis. Do what God has told you to do and watch him give you what you're really looking for. Nobody can give us living water except for Christ. So it may look good on the outside. It may look like people have it all together as they are pursuing life in their own, um, in their own, under their own authority, or they're pursuing the world system of what the world says will give us satisfaction. But true life and joy and satisfaction comes from Christ. So, you know, as I bring this to a close, just consider, you know, we we talked about some of the ways that define the kingdom of this world and the values of this world. Let's correspond that to God's kingdom. What defines God's kingdom? Think about God's character. So for one, God's kingdom is defined by God himself and dwelling with us in perfect unity, right? So he dwells with us in perfect unity on the merit of Christ. Even now, we can ask God's, we can ask for God's kingdom 
to be alive in us even now. So, sorry, my computer locked. We can ask for that. His the kingdom. His kingdom is defined by love, and joy, peace, and patience, self-control, and kindness. Goodness, his goodness. There is no strife. There is no envy. There is no murder. There is no selfish ambition. There is just beauty and joy and complete satisfaction. And that is the pursuit of the Christian life, to experience God and to be blown away by who he is, by his holiness, by his love for us, that even though we don't deserve to experience life in him, we don't deserve to experience God's kingdom. Yet he looks at us and after we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus and recognize, like, look, I, I'm sinful. Like, I don't just do sinful things, but my heart desires what you are against. And so I'm a sinful person and I need help. I need saving. And I believe that Jesus came to do that. I believe that Jesus is the son of God and he died the death that was meant for me. And he rose from the dead and all power is in his hands. When we come to a genuine understanding of that, we get to experience his kingdom. And it just grows over time. I've been a Christian for for a while, but year by year, I can look back and just see how he is growing his kingdom, his reign in my heart. And my experience of satisfaction and joy is deeper and more consistent and more gritty every year. And so I'm just grateful that we have a loving father who is so very committed to us and who wants to give us that if we will trust and if we will yield to him. So that's that's the invitation. That's my encouragement to you and to myself is to just lean into that and to just keep in mind that God desires for us to be alert and we can't be alert if we are so consumed with the kingdom of this world and the values of this world and we are forgetting that Jesus is actually coming back and when he comes back the kingdom of this world and the values of this world will fall in his kingdom and his values will be in 100% total control. So that's the encouragement. Um, thanks for listening. And I look forward to talking to you all on the next episode.